0: Welcome to Academy Days, a Christian Fiction Podcast for Teen Girls. I'm your host and author, Judith. Thank you so much for coming back for the first episode of Season 3. Enjoy! Academy Days, Episode 51. Should I Be Worried? London Pella took a deep breath and laid back in the calm surf of the inlet and immediately began to sink. She flailed her arms and regained her footing in the water that came to mid-torso. You aren't staying relaxed, Mom said from a few feet away. Imagine you are made of styrofoam, you know, like the cones I use in the center of one of my flower arrangements. London pursed her lips. That is not helpful, at all. Mom shook her head. Just watch. She laid back in the water, and her feet floated to the surface. Arms outstretched, she seemed to lay on top of the water. But how was that possible? Water moved, made room for whatever displaced it. London flopped onto her stomach and paddled over to Mom and slowly swam around her. Mom's eyes were closed, her lips curved in a smile. London flicked some water into her face. Show off. Mom stood up. One more time, try. London sighed, took a deep breath, and laid back in the water. She flailed, doing a sort of backstroke with one arm combined with a scissor kick, and ended up on her stomach with a nose full of salt water. She spluttered to her feet, Mom's laughter filling her ears. I'm sorry, London, but you looked like a dolphin who forgot all of its tricks. London scooped her hands through the water and sent a wave into her mother's face. Mom held up her hands. I'll stop laughing. I will. She curled in her lips and stared toward the sky again. You're laughing inside, London said. Your eyes are going all crinkly. Mom gasped and spluttered and made a beeline toward shore. London sent another cascade of water her way. Truce, Mom said, coming to a standstill in knee-high water. She held up her hands, liquid dripping from her arms. You'll get it. You will. It's more of a mindset than anything. She reached into the water towards a half-exposed edge of white and pulled a sand dollar into view. Aha! The last piece I need for my rock and sea urchin garden. Personally, I think it would be the perfect spot for Agent Bergers to propose to Miss Irene Hopkin. London came to a stop next to Mom. Uh, this matchmaking thing you've got going on is weirding me out. I think island life is getting to you. Mom washed the sand dollar clean and held it up. Oh, it's getting to me all right. Sometimes I think I could stay here forever. London froze, a handful of pink-edged clamshells in her hand. What? Mom laughed. I'm having fun, London. I've gotten to spend more time with my husband and daughter these weeks than I have in years. London nibbled on her lip, a salt taste filling her mouth as she waded out of the water and went to where their picnic stuff was piled. She swathed herself in pink flamingo terry cloth and eyed her mom. You do want to get off this island, don't you? Mom shrugged, Eventually. Are you even? Praying this comes to an end? Well, sure, honey. No, no, Mom, I need you to be interceding. Like, without ceasing. Mom laughed. Come on, London, let's get back to the house and shower. I'm taking over the kitchen again tonight. London trudged after her, something of the timelessness of the afternoon ebbing away. Yes, she was enjoying the island, too— After those first few days, since she'd started to look for ways to enjoy this life, even though it was so different from, well, everything she'd ever known. But face it, this was all still very bizarre and needed to come to an end sooner rather than later. The thing was, sometimes she forgot to even pray for her family's return home. Was that why they were still here? She wasn't worried enough. She was too content. She lagged behind Mom, the old sense of closed-in loneliness catching at her like the scrub weeds in the path that scratched at her ankles. At the porch, she turned and sat on the steps and looked out to see. God, please, please, please let us go home soon. See, this was why her prayers weren't likely to be answered. She just repeated words a lot. Maybe that was why she was sitting on the front steps of the lightkeeper's house, still waiting for the bad guys to get caught so her family would be safe. God was probably saying, Hmm, she doesn't seem to be that worried. I think I'll leave her right where she is, and when she gets more uptight, I'll do something about the situation. London, come get cleaned up so you can help me, Mom called through the screen door. London squeezed a few more drops of water from her hair. Another weird thing about this island life was that she just thought more. This time last year, she never would have sat around analyzing her prayers and how God decided whether or not to answer them. Later in the kitchen, London drizzled a salad with olive oil and vinegar. Ivy Hopkin came in the back door and plunked down on the bench to take off her work boots. She pushed them under the bench and eyed the array of dishes waiting on the kitchen table to be carried into the dining room. Did you invite somebody over? Mom laughed. Don't be insensitive, Ivy. Adults, their humor, so grown worthy London carried the salad and platter of oysters into the next room. Do I look okay? Mr. Burgers hissed, coming in from the living room. London cringed. This was all Mom's fault. Mr. Burgers had been a happily confident U.S. Marshal before she had started meddling. Besides, Mr. Burgers didn't exactly have the physique worthy of a D. Henderson book cover. He just looked normal, which was probably good for his job of protecting people who needed to disappear. "'You look nice,' Mr. Burgers rolled his shoulders. The guys said this color makes me look pale. The guys? The other two marshals? They must have been around while Mr. Burgers got ready in their quarters on the first floor of the lighthouse. Nope, blue's always a good choice. It would be a big stretch to call a guy who spent a large amount of time outside patrolling the island and making boat runs to town pale. London scuttled back into the kitchen before she had to summon up any more affirming words for Mr. Berger's appearance. The dinner went off just like the other three creations Mom had hosted. Mr. Berger's encouraged Ivy to tell stories about storm survival and wildlife rescue, and he ate seconds of everything, and then he suggested that they all go out to the front porch for dessert. Apparently adults didn't need variety to be happy. London carried a tray of peach cobbler out to the porch table and set it down just as Mr. Berger's phone rang. He paced away from the porch, his lazy after-dinner demeanor melting into his official stance. He called Ivy to him, and they walked around the house out of sight, talking. Do you think... Mom's eyes glowed. Could this be the moment that they... Dad shook his head. No, I do not. No, it is not. They were all business. London speared a slice of peach and shook it at Mom. Would you please stop enjoying yourself and pray for all of this to end? Maybe we're not miserable enough for God to take our prayers seriously. She pushed the rest of the peach cobbler away. I, for one, have actually forgotten once or twice that I was here for safety rather than vacation. Mom squinted at her. Wait, you think we're too happy? Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't cried since those first few days after we came. God must think I don't care, but I do. London went to the porch steps and stared out at the ocean. How do you get yourself to feel worked up enough for God to listen to you? Silence followed her question. She flopped down on the top step. Dad came to sit next to her. Look, London, I'm not saying God doesn't ever give us a burden to pray about things that we don't ever feel the weight of an issue and the need for his intervention. We might even ask God for those burdens, but when God chooses to call us to prayer like that, it's his doing. You don't have to work up anxiety and fear to be heard. London shuffled her feet. Dad was in teacher mode. His voice started taking on his special classroom lilt. Remember the prophets of Baal, how they yelled around for hours and cut themselves, and then Elijah steps forward and prays this short prayer, and heaven just opens up. London nodded, because he was praying to the one true God. Dad nodded, right, but that's not the only detail to notice about that story. The prophets of Baal were praying in a format cooked up by people. Cooked is right, Mom said from the porch swing. Can you imagine what those guys were on? Dad waved a hand. Dear, please, I'm trying to impart doctrine to our daughter. London smiled. So, you're telling me that I don't have to be worried about not feeling worried? Dad nodded. Sure, yes, that's what I'm saying. And the thing is, the fact that you aren't worried is an answer to my prayers. I've been praying for our peace throughout this whole situation. A sort of angst that had been hanging over London for hours dissipated. Thanks, Dad. She leaned her head on his shoulder, the scent of laundry soap and a touch of furniture varnish filling her nostrils. Mr. Burgers and one of the other marshals strode down the hill to the dock. As twilight deepened, they launched out into the water. Funny time to do a grocery run, Mom said, her voice drowsy. Usually Mr. Burgers goes by himself, she yawned. Says he finds better deals than the other guys. The swing creaked. I hope Ivy is inside washing the dishes. Selfish thought, but true. London leaned her elbows on her knees. Okay, so glad it heard her prayer, and she didn't have to be all stressed out to convince him to move. He had some kind of plan in all of this anyway. And really, she didn't mind if things just stayed the way they were for just a little while longer. Mom moaned, Okay, London, let's go clean up before I fall asleep. I have my misgivings about Ivy. London followed Mom into the house. Two hours later, Mom had gone to bed and Dad was working on some kind of writing project at the dining room table. London lay stretched out on the porch swing, reading one of the mysteries Ivy Hopkins kept in abundant supply on the living room shelves. That was another thing about this isolation. She'd read more in the past month than she had in her entire high school career. The sound of the boat motor returning added a soft hum to the swish of the surf, Uh, She'd probably have to help put away groceries. She flipped the page, scanning the text in the dim light of the porch lanterns. Another body? This had to be like the fourth murder, and she was only in chapter ten. Apparently Ivy liked her whodunits on the gruesome side. Footsteps crunched on the pathway that led up to the porch from the beach. London skimmed the rest of the chapter. She just had to make sure that the detective didn't do something dumb, like investigate a dark mausoleum on her own. Up oh, there she went, all by herself, after she'd seen a shadowy figure enter first. Some people were intelligent like that. Footsteps climbed the porch stairs, and London swung her legs off the swing, ready to help carry in bags or whatever, her eyes still on the page. Hey, London. Lyndon jumped, the murder mystery tumbling to the porch floor. She stared at the shadowy figure standing at the top of the porch steps. What? What are you doing here? Thank you for listening to Episode 51 of Academy Days, the first episode of Season 3. Please keep listening, and thank you so much for your support. Bye!